0: Hey Sham, what's on your mind today?
1: Oh, so we've moved uh, past the how's it going. I was really expecting <laughs> <Yes>. that. <laughs> yeah, so today a uh, lot of things on my mind, and the and the interplay between all those separate things in my mind. <laughs> and uh, yeah, for the audience, that's a very very poor segue into <laughs> our topic for not, today. Not subtle at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool, cool. So uh, let, let let me start with with uh. So uh, let's just be honest, right? That client work can be client work, or even doing a job, can be a little frustrating at at times. And uh, having worked with a few clients who are typically experts, coaches. And, uh, online trainers who had an online course to sell, you know, I, I have worked with a, with a few of them and one, one thing kept, kept, you know, repeating one, one pattern kept repeating, which, which really, really annoyed me, which really, really frustrated me in, in a lot of ways. And that pattern was this obsession with a, a particular metric. And that metric was typically the cost per acquisition which is that okay like you know we need to bring the cost per acquisition down it is let's say you know currently at x dollars we need to bring it down to y dollars that was that was one of their concerns that they had the other concern that they always had was the volume of of leads which is that okay you know if if we are getting if we are getting 100 customers let's move that number to 150 customers and and so on and so forth and i think conventional thinking or most of the people i would say you know i would go on a limb and say maybe 99 percent of the people actually look at their marketing through a lens of linearity and linear thinking is is basically you you think of your whole marketing i mean of course like you know we are talking about pulling out the uh, just 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 uh taking out the whole suspense from the topic and revealing the topic name it's 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 systems thinking versus linear thinking and linear thinking suggests that you know there is the there is a process a followed by process b followed by process c and then there is process d now which which means that if you are looking to make the output better you first look at you you if you try to Decode it by using theory of constraints, which is an extremely popular theory, which, which says that, you know, you, you first look at, you first analyze a, b, c, and d. You look at the stage, which is creating the most, which is creating the, creating a bottleneck for the whole process. And so you realize that process B, for example, is, is creating a bottleneck for you. And what you do is you enhance process B so that it stops being a bottleneck and then you again revisit the whole system or the whole uh, let's not use the word systems you again revisit the the game that you're playing and basically what you do is then you find a newer constant which would typically not be b it would be let's say c so now you start working on c you ignore a b and d and you purely work on c because that's that's now a constant, and you you now work on enhancing that constraint. And this is typically how most of, of the clients think or used to think that, okay, like, you know, maybe the reason my business is struggling is because I'm not getting more leads or maybe my my business is struggling because the cost per acquisition is just way too high, or maybe my business is struggling because let's say the conversion ratio of landing pages is, is not good enough. Okay. So if, if you're agreeing that the conversion ratio of the landing page is not good enough, then put, let's put all our resources into ensuring that the conversion moves from, let's say 1% to 2%. Because when the conversion moves from 1% to 2%, then the number of customers that I get will be doubled. And then the number of sales that I'll get eventually will uh, be doubled as well. That is the, that is the kind of thought process that, that they, they have. And I think, you and I want to challenge this this thought process, which is which is typically linear, uh, because the whole game that you are playing consists of different different components, and there is like it's not that you know even if the process is from A to B, B to C, C to D, it's not that the output of B is the input of C. Because C actually, you know, depends largely on A, it also depends on B, and it also depends on D. So there is like a, a big, big, uh, you know, exchange of information that is happening throughout the system. So the system is typically not linear, it's, it's pretty complex. And so you basically, it would help a business owner or a marketer to stop thinking about your business or your marketing as a linear game and think of it as a, as a systems game, which means, that you basically take a step back and you look at the entire thing and uh, you analyze it as a system as opposed to just looking at one small part of it and uh, then looking to looking to optimize it and i think i'll just like you know said one last uh, story with uh, with you and then i'll stop talking so there is this one client who who of course i should i will not name but he you know, he was really, really obsessed about getting more leads. Okay. And he did not really care about anything and everything that happens after that. He, he did not, you know, want anything else. He's his only brief was that, Hey, you know what? I want more leads and I want them at a, at a lower conversion cost. Uh, sorry. At a lower acquisition cost. And that is why what we we listen to. I mean, of course, a part of me did not want to listen to it. I wanted to step out, step away from from this, and like, like you know, look at the entire thing and ask him some higher level questions as a, you know as to what are you trying to accomplish? You know, what is it that that uh, who is your target market? And basically have a strategy session with him which did not really materialize. And so what we did was that, okay, we tried to optimize it for leads. And we, we basically put all our efforts in, in, in getting these leads, which means that the landing page has to be a a certain way, you know, we have to follow the best CRO practices and stuff like that. And we actually did end up uh, getting more leads, but pretty soon. And we were quite happy with it for like, you know, a couple of months that, okay, we are getting more volume of leads now, but pretty soon the client realized that when even though the number of leads increased the conversion did not you know increase in that ratio it's not that okay if i was getting 50 leads then my conversion was 2 and now if i double that number you know if i make it to 100 my conversion will increase to 4 that is not how it worked out and uh, we just realized that putting in the time and the money and all the resources that we put in to to get more leads did not actually give us the business result that we that we wanted so yeah, that's a, that's a rant, but yeah, I, I know I just spoke a lot, but I'll just like, you know, maybe, uh, let you jump in and, and we can, we can expound on any, any point that you, that you think was, was interesting.
1: I thought that was well described in terms of making it tangible. Hmm. Like if I had described, I think I would have just, uh, described it very abstractly and might have been, uh, harder to relate. So I thought they were great examples in terms of making hmm. it concrete. Now I agree that most people, most of us, we are intuitively, intuitively, we tend to think in terms of linear thinking that, okay, this happens, then this happens, and this happens. It makes things simpler for us and reduces our effort. So systems thinking, when I think of systems thinking, one thing I like to remind myself is that, uh, is this phrase, or the statement, which uh, you might have heard before, but it, it I think really defines systems thinking very well, which is that the whole is much greater than the sum of the individual parts. And there's one example that I really love, uh, which is that of a car that uh, Andre user, Andre Chaperon uses uh, in some of his articles. If you think of it in terms of systems thinking, right? Like, what is a car? Right? A car is a bunch of interconnected parts right you have your engine you have your fuel tank you have your uh, mechanical stuff that makes the wheel rotate i mean i'm not a mechanical engineer but uh, but yeah this is as well as i can describe it now the interesting thing is that today if you feel that your car is too slow you feel your car is too slow you cannot just go out and take out the engine of a ferrari car Or, okay, let's take a step back. You feel your car is too slow. And then you realize that it is too slow because your engine is not very powerful. You realize this, your engine is not very powerful. Now, the issue is that you cannot just go out and take the engine of a Ferrari car and remove your engine and plug it into your car. Okay, nothing will work. And why is that? Because the relationship between the engine and the other parts of the car is also super important, if not more important than the individual parts, right? So it is that it is the individual parts and the relationship between them that, that actually creates the outcome that yeah. we want, which in the case of a car is speed and uh, speed and like take new wherever you want to, etc. Right now the issue, the biggest challenge that I perceive with linear thinking is that often focusing on one part and trying to improve it either destroys or let's, let's say at the very least it, it causes problems in the relationship between parts, the way we replace or the way we try to improve one, uh, one particular part, right? It probably causes issues. So like in this car example, it's very obvious. If you just bring an outside engine and try to force fit it, the parts are not compatible. So that is why the car wouldn't run itself. So you have totally destroyed that system in marketing. It would seem more like, typically, if you have to, say, increase the landing re- uh, landing page uh, conversion rate, for example, right? Uh, and the landing page is for an email sign up, let's say, right? So you want to increase the uh, conversion rate for somebody coming to your landing page to sign up for your email. So if you focus on that in isolation, typically, that means that you will have to use certain aggressive techniques, you might have to, uh, you know, like push them into signing up or promise them some sort of, uh, I think the most common way this is done is like promise them some sort of uh, lead magnet with huge promises, but the lead magnet can only be had if you sign up for the email, right? And you are, if you're looking at it in isolation, you're also incentivized to make big promises, because all that matters at that stage is that they sign up for Mm -hmm. with your email. Uh, with their email, they, they sign up for the uh, email list. Now it might even bump up your conversion rates, but it comes at a cost in the overall picture. If you step back, it comes at the cost of eroding your trust a yeah. little bit. Now we, we might not think of that immediately because it it is so common that we've taken it for granted, but think of it as a customer, right? If, if we have been oversold something, and we give our email. Fine. It's not like we really are interested in the email newsletter, but I want the lead magnet. So I'll give my email and I get the lead magnet. And and if it turns out that the lead magnet is not great, or if the uh, overselling at the beginning did not yeah. match the quality of the lead magnet itself, then trust erodes yes. a bit uh, like in my mind. Yes. for And also that we, we, I end up, up, think I mean, that, another okay.
0: point would be that we end up attracting the wrong kind of people into, into
1: our uh, email list. So. Absolutely yes. So for, from the marketer standpoint, I am a metric in there. I'm am, I'm am one person who is subscribed to their email, which is a positive metric. But they do not know that uh, one. I might not even be the right kind of person, and two, I didn't even start off on this email list on a very positive note. I, I started off it on a very lackluster note where I wasn't all that interested in the in the lead magnet. Uh, which means that I am less likely to convert for whatever the email campaigns might be when they want to make a purchase, etc. So they have reduced the chances of uh, someone who signed up, which is me in this case, converting at a later stage, because that trust has been yes. eroded uh, a bit. So so these are some ways that, that I find like how linear thinking in, currently as it is applied today in marketing, these are some ways it erodes uh, erodes
0: yeah. trust uh, yeah i think the car example is brilliant and i think uh, that was very well done in terms of uh, you know you were giving an example and you uh, know just just painting that picture that okay if i am someone who is who is not indulging into systems thinking which means that i'm not thinking of the system as a whole but i'm thinking of one component of it which means that okay in this case i am concerned with let's say leads the number of leads and, uh, you know, I can almost imagine that marketer getting like really celebrating after he makes those tweaks in the landing page that, yeah, I'm getting so many leads and I'm awesome. And, you know, he is ha- happily telling his boss about it, but then, uh, you know, with, with time, you just realize that, yeah, I mean, it did not really affect the business in any way, or in fact, it, it, it kind of damaged the the business. So I think what, what I'm uh, what I am. Asking the listener to do here or suggesting the listener to do is, is that if there is a certain element or if, if your business is not working, perhaps it's not a great idea to pinpoint to one one element and try to increase that element or optimize that element to make your business work or to make your marketing work. I think a better way is to step back and actually ask yourself, what are you trying to optimize your creator business for? The answer typically would not be leads. The answer typically would not even be customers. So, so here is how I'm thinking, okay, Shaman, this is something new that I don't, I don't think you and I discussed this before we started the episode. So this is like an evolved thought that I had when, when we actually started, you know, jamming together with our, with our thoughts. So see, here is the thing. Someone who is an amateur marketer will optimize for leads. Okay. Or, you know, we can, we can, so I, I think it's a spectrum. Okay. I think it's a spectrum. And again, I'm thinking out aloud here. I could be terribly wrong, but I, I hope I'm not because I'm, I'm thinking on the fly here because I think there is a spectrum, which takes you from linear to systems. Okay. Maybe the, on the extreme end of the linear, linear thinking spectrum, you have this obsession with matrix, such as traffic or, uh, likes, comments, shares, and, and stuff like that. Maybe when you move a little bit towards the system, you have, uh, uh, an obsession with leads. And you optimize the whole whole uh, system for leads, or the whole whole game for for leads. Then, as you move more towards uh, systems thinking, you optimize, let's say, for more sales qualified leads. You know that's what that's a B2B SaaS term. But basically, you you say that hey, you know what? We don't really want more leads. We want people who are interested. We want people who are relevant to to fill up the to fill up the form. Then you take another step and you say that, okay, you know what? We want customers. We want to optimize for customers because that's what my marketing, you know, should be eventually doing. And then you take one more step and you optimize it for happy customers, which is what the philosophy of Andre and Sean is. Because even if you get a customer, it does not, it does not really mean that your business would work in the long run because you're talking about playing the long game, right? So even if, even if you optimize the whole game for getting, a certain X number of customers, but what if they're unhappy? What if you don't end up fulfilling the promise? You know, what if, uh, they, they ask for a refund and, and stuff like that. So we don't even want to optimize it for a happy customer, uh, sorry, for, for a customer. We want to optimize it for a happy customer. And I will go one more step beyond Andrea and Sean and say that not even for a happy customer, we are optimizing it for a purple customer. So what's a purple customer this is obviously inspired by Seth Godin that a purple customer is not just happy but can't wait to tell your friends tell his friends about about you and i think you know you can move from being a linear thinker towards a systems thinker when you start looking at a bigger picture as opposed to looking at a tiny part of the of the of the whole game so is this in line with the whole linear thinking versus system thinking or did i completely open up a new topic altogether which was unrelated
1: No i i think it makes sense uh, and i'm assuming that when you say we optimize for leads or we in that spectrum we optimizing initially for likes on this yeah. end of the spectrum of linear thinking and on the other end of the spectrum we start optimizing for leads then uh, sales qualified leads and customers, yeah. happy customer, etc. That means that everything we do is with that yes. end goal in mind. Yes. Essentially, right? So uh, an ultimate form of systems thinking would start with the ultimate, uh, ultimate outcome that uh, hmm. we need, which is a purple yeah. customer. And that's something new I learned today. Thanks. I made it up customer. as well. <laughs> so, <okay. laughs> so everything we do right from the beginning right, has to be optimized for that purple yeah. customer. And, uh, and I think just to make it a bit more tangible for marketing specifically, uh, I think what most folks get it wrong is that we don't optimize for that trust from the beginning. So whenever our uh, focus shifts from getting more purple customers for the business, and shifts even a little bit to any of these metrics in the middle. It could be click-through rates or likes and shares or uh, or the number of leads even. Right? Even that. Whenever it shifts there and whenever our focus becomes increasing that, we tend to forget that ultimately, our ultimate objective that trumps everything else is getting more purple customers for yeah. our business. And for that, trust Throughout is necessary, right? Right from the first interaction point to the end. It's not like they can be leads using whatever methods necessary, using optimization techniques, which might actually erode trust. And then after that, you can build trust towards the later part of the customer journey. That's not how it works, right? Trust trust is built brick by brick and it's very easy to destroy. Even one bad interaction can actually destroy trust. Sadly, that's the nature of the game with trust. So we have to play by those rules. So considering that, considering that humanized marketers optimize for trust and for deeper relationships above all else, I think systems thinking therefore is a very obvious or I wouldn't say obvious, but I think it's a very natural and logical consequence of trying to optimize for trust and optimize for deep relationships.
0: Yeah, that's, that's well said i am just thinking or maybe i am not clear about how the whole analogy of like you know fitting a different engine in a car fits in with the example or the spectrum that i that i just said because the point that i was trying to make with the whole spectrum was that uh you know you you try to analyze you you try to optimize it for a you know what you're trying to optimize it for and it helps to zoom out and not zoom in because most of us want to zoom in and focus on a specific metric but for a creator for a humanized creator i think it would help to zoom out and look at what he's trying to optimize it for and in this case i believe that for a long-term player, the thing that he should be optimizing for, or the metric that he should be optimizing for is a purple customer. And so whatever needs to be done for that. So, you know, you mentioned trust. You ma- so whatever I need to do from step A to step Z in order to acquire this purple customer, will be dictated by this objective in mind that okay i don't my objective is not to increase leads because i can increase leads by doing n number of things my objective is not to increase traffic because i can increase traffic by doing n number of things right i mean if i if i put in uh pictures of a a model i would definitely get more clicks but is that does that fall in line with my bigger objective of having a purple customer well no it doesn't so i won't use that so I think that becomes
1: like a, like a guiding principle to, to everything that you, that you do. I remember reading this somewhere. It was pretty funny. And you might have heard it before too. It said that if you keep optimizing for everything, right, if you always just keep optimizing your website, then ultimately you'll yeah, get a porn That's side. a Seth Godin quote actually. Yeah.
0: So, uh-huh. okay. Okay. Uh-huh.
1: Right. I must have heard it from him yeah, only. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Totally agreed. And I think the interesting thing is that the more you get into systems thinking for your marketing, the more guts it requires. Because in all probability, since you're only optimizing for purple cows, or since that object is very clear, right? When you compare your step A to other step mm. A, like typical players in your mm. industry, right? It it in all probability it will look very average compared to that, uh, to others' step A. Your your step G might look, uh, might look inferior compared to others' step G, where they are getting yeah. amazing, amazing conversion rates at that step, etc. But the point is that, if you are doing it right, or the question you should ask yourself is whether the interplay between that steps to, uh, steps A to Z, whether the interplay between them, whether the relationship between them is optimizing for the best result at the end of step Z, right? That is the only thing that should matter. Whether your A, your step A is inferior or superior to somebody else, whether your step G is inferior, superior to somebody else, it should not matter. It should be irrelevant. Basically. The only thing relevant to you should be comparing your step Z with their step Z. And if you're doing better there, that, that is ultimately what matters. The others could or could not be other steps could or could not look inferior, superior. What matters more is that they all help your step steps.
0: And that's why I think, you know, there there is this, there is this element of every, every system, like, you know, being unique to you, because you know, you have like some of some creators, for example, would be doing a full-time job. Some would not be doing a full-time job. Some creators would be wanting to target locally. Some would be wanting to target internationally. So. Uh, there are so many variables and that's why it's scary, right? Because of these variables, it's, it's scary to claim that, okay, the game, the way in which this game for works for me, or the system works for me is different than the way in which the system works for you because it, it takes guts to say that, but I think if we can reach out to that place of bravery and courage within ourselves, I think we can, we can say that, okay, you know what that step G was better for you, but in my case it does not, it doesn't work that way, which is, like I said, very scary to say, because there is no template and there is no roadmap. You know, it's not as easy as saying that, Hey, my conversion rate increased from 1.7% to 2%, but it's still, it's still necessary uh, because it's, it's your, it's your life, it's your business and it's your marketing. And there are so many variables that you can't, you can't find a template for that.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I think it, it reminded me again, once again, of the fact that a system has many parts. And, and if you're fairly good with permutations and combinations, you'll know that each part you add the number of relationships in that system increases exponentially. So if you have many parts, then the relationships between them becomes very complex. So system it, itself becomes very complex. So if you're thinking of a business, if you think thinking of your own marketing, Apart from your different goals which might be different to others, your market which might be different to many others, and even within the same market, your audience, your niche audience that you're trying to target would be different, then you yourself would have your own strengths and weaknesses. If you're working for an organization, the organization itself would have its own capabilities and certain weaknesses. So, so many factors, all of which would affect the system and how things should ideally be done. So that's an interesting thought that the consequence of this is that one, of course, the system is very complex and that also means that you might not get a very clear roadmap. And of course, roadmaps which were created by others would likely not be a perfect fit for you anyway. Yeah,
0: exactly. I, I think I've ran out of things to say for this, uh, for this topic, but I think, I think uh, we have done a fair job in, in differentiating the whole concept of linear versus uh, systems. And I think, uh, we have also covered a, a lot, lot, a lot of examples to, to make this point. So I think this was one episode, which was a little, you know, more raw than the other ones, because we were thinking out aloud as we, as we were speaking, which is great, uh, I mean that's the whole point right i mean thinking out aloud and sharing our journey as opposed to sharing a, a, a complete product so i think i think uh, the job here has been done unless you know you have any other thread that you would like to pull and and discuss further
1: not really maybe we could wrap up with uh, some things which we can take care not to do which are uh, which go against systems thinking and which could affect our marketing adversely or some or some things that we can do. If we can try to make it one step more okay. tangible, although it's a little trickier with this case, but we, we could maybe try that. Uh, mm. Any any thoughts on yeah? Uh, so uh, I'd, I'd... three things you should avoid <laughs> or something
0: like that. <laughs> uh, at, at the risk of sounding repetitive, I I will just say that if if it's when you when you look at your marketing, rather than trying to dissect it by comparing your business model with someone else or by comparing your marketing with someone else's marketing rather than you know instead of looking at your at your game as a system which consists of different different components having a different different relationship with each other you know if you're looking at just one component of it which is let's say a landing page or a facebook ad i think You should stop doing that or maybe like you know you you can have a, a place and time for that where you're you know just looking to optimize where i think you know that will that will help you but overall just know that there are just too many things which are playing off each other and it would help not to just you know look at a single single component which is a landing page or or a blog or whatever that is. And just, you know, just try to take a step back. You know, what are you trying to accomplish? You know, ask yourself the bigger questions. What are you trying to accomplish? Who is the audience? You know, what do they want? What, you know, what kind of marketing are you, are you playing? Are you playing direct marketing or brand marketing? Uh, What kind of emotions are you catering to? What does your audience actually want? I think asking these fundamental questions once in a while will help you have that systems thinking mindset. And you would, and also like, you know, thinking of it from a long term perspective, just know that, you know, we are not playing a short term game, because if you are playing a six month game, then, you know, none of this matters, honestly, you know, then please be a linear thinker and try to optimize it for uh, more leads, more clicks, etc., etc. But if you are playing a long term five year, 10 year game, then what you need to optimize it, optimize for is, is entirely something entirely different. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I would, you know, say or summarize that learn to step back and look at and ask yourself, ask yourself the bigger questions, which I think would help you becoming in this, becoming this, you know, systems, systems thinker,
1: right? Uh, The way I see it kind of to build on what you said, if I had to simplify it, if there's one thing that I would say is like a cheat code to implementing systems thinking in marketing, right? The closest thing to a cheat code is just to think of trust at every step, I would say, you know, that is this is mm-hmm. whatever I'm doing, going to build more trust, or is it going to build a deeper relationship with my audience? And that is not exactly systems thinking here, but I think it is the closest it comes to like reorienting ourselves in the right direction, if we find that we are getting distracted by trying to optimize in yeah. the wrong places. So is at every step, if we are aware of that, I think it will stop yes. us from doing mm. silly things like, uh, like doing, doing irrelevant, aggressive exactly. strategies at the middle of the funnel yeah. to, uh, to yeah. push yeah. people. Yeah. yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Shah. Do you want to wrap this up?
1: Yeah. uh, Before that, Pranav, do you want to let folks know where they can reach you? So
0: you can check out my website, which is my first name, last name.com, which is Pranav Kale, P-R-A-N-A-V-K-A-L-E.com. You can send me an email at Pranav at Pranav Kale.com.
1: Great. So that's it uh, from Pranav and I here, Pranav and Shyam here. Looking forward to speaking again, maybe, maybe we could do one more episode on this, where we get a lot more into detail about how we can implement uh, systems thinking in tangible ways. I think we did do a decent job of it as to what not to do, what to do. But we could come up with more ideas, maybe, maybe if you get enough emails. uh, So a a message for the listeners, if you thought that this was an interesting idea, which you want us to develop further, you could email Pranav uh, and let him know the same and we could create a follow-up episode where we try to make this more tangible or try and come up with more uh, tactics at a tactical level, how we can actually, yeah, absolutely.
0: This. Would love a part two, two, two for this. We'll have to obviously you know, dig deeper and think more on this for that. So yeah, you know depending on the, on the, on the feedback, we can definitely have a part two on this because this is just close to our hearts. And I just think, you know, it's so important and it's, it's not spoken about enough and I see. Us being in the minority, I just feel that linear thinkers are ruling the world at this point of time in terms of numbers, but I think long-term players are definitely system, system thinkers. So I think we should have more conversations on, on these topics. So yeah, I would, would love to hear, make a part two depending on the feedback that we get.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: All right. So this was great. Sham.
1: I'll speak to you again. Likewise. Uh, good chat. Talk Talk to you again. again, Bye-bye. Bye.